Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by AWI's Henry Ridge to learn more about his role in AWI and his involvement in the AWI's shared construction and design project and its other associated projects. Welcome, Henry, and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. Well, thank you, Fiona. No, glad to be here. Henry, could you tell us a little bit about your role in AWI? Yeah, sure. So I work in uh, the Wool Growers Services team. Um, and my primary role, I guess, then um, is the extension network. So Sheep Connect New South Wales is our New South Wales network and the six wool growing states across the country have their own equivalent and we partner with uh, state governments on those in some states. And um, so that's my primary role is with those and uh, working with, with uh, the project managers there to uh, get our information out to wool growers and industry across the country. Um, that amongst other things and the Shearing Shed project you've mentioned, but we'll, we'll get into it a bit later. Henry, this year has been a challenge for everybody and no doubt for yourself. How has work looked for you during COVID? Yeah, so I was uh, I was down on uh, South Australia, which was like my last day while well, I was travelling at the time. But from there, I didn't go back to the office. Uh, so that was about mid-March. And then until about the start of July, uh, we were out of Sydney, out of the head office in Sydney. And working from home, I range of places, but I spent uh, the majority of that uh, working from Burke uh, at home there in Western New South Wales. And yeah, it's certainly changed uh, how we do everything. And, you know, we're not alone uh, as an industry in that, but, um, you know, everything's online and a lot of what Sheep Connect New South Wales has been working hard on online and we're just returning to the face-to-face. But um, yeah, it's it's been a different process and as much as you've been busy learning new things we've been busy trying to trying to continue the dialogue with wool growers and get the information out there i guess but you know everyone's getting pretty good at uh doing things online with the zooms and the skypes of the world um you know we're doing this interview now online which you know at one stage we probably could have done this face to face which would have been which would have been good yeah absolutely and thank goodness that we've all got slightly better access to internet now, so in most areas, and it's certainly allowing us to do things very differently. How does a normal working week look for you now by comparison? Yeah, it's, uh, it is different. You'd you'd have the meetings in Sydney and uh, you would have the occasional online one, but now everything is is online and um, with no travel at the moment, so typically, uh, my role would take me across the country and I was very fortunate 
to, to be in this role and be able to do that. Um, going to Woolgrow events and the likes run by the networks and anything else along the way. So I guess that's one thing that's changed. We don't have any more or travel, although some states are looking to open up. Um, so yeah, very much online and, and in the office or, or working from home. We actually, the office has opened up uh, at the start of July um, with half the team doing one week in, half the team doing one week out. Um, so that's been good to get back in there and, and split, mix things up. I think the mix has been good. And of course, you know, you can't beat a meeting face to face, albeit you can do most things from online. It does just get that extra bit of conversation going. Um, so yeah, that is good. That is a good change now. And uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully we don't have to do it for too much longer, Fiona. Yeah, let's hope. And with all the changes, Henry, is it still business as usual at AWI? Um, business as usual, yeah, very much so. Um, we, we still have the, the same projects rolling. So for me, the networks and the on-farm side is very much the same. Um, I think some other portfolios in the, in the company have been restricted very much so in what they can do and projects pulled back because uh, because the outcomes weren't going to be achieved in this climate. Um, but yeah, it's business as usual. Our job's the same and our wool growers are still the people we work for as an industry. So, uh, you know, the objectives are still there, yeah, for sure. And with everyone tightening their belts that little bit more at the moment across all different industries, how is this changing operations at AWI? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been tough for everyone. Uh, YWI, I'm sure many of the listeners of Sheep Connect New South Wales would have seen a few articles in the papers and things. But um, you know, things have changed for our for our budget. Uh, as everyone knows, the wool price is down, and that's um, you know our our revenue comes straight from that. So if things are tight and we are uh, where we can, working very hard to prioritise those and, and what we're doing and making sure we're yielding with those projects uh, that we are doing. Um, but yeah, we're not alone. Wool growers, you know, they've got their own troubles with, with um, you know, shearing sheds and getting people in there to shear and being COVID safe and all of those things and um, challenges that comes with borders and and the like. So I think everyone's got their challenges and we're certainly not alone in that internationally or as an industry in Australia. It's all, you know, it's playing out, um, you know, hopefully, as I said just before, not too much longer. Henry, your role at AWI sees you involved in many projects, but as you hinted at before, I'd like to talk about AWI's shed consultation and design project. So what has been your role in this project? Sure, so that was a project that we finished up towards the end of last year. I might start with a, a day we had in Dubbo in, in 2017 with uh, industry stakeholders and it was very much a day of um, bashing out priorities, short term, medium term, long term for what we call wool harvesting, which is the whole process, I guess. And one of the short term parts of that was that you know, shearing sheds are being built and they're going to be built into the future. Um, you know, we need some industry freely accessible information out there on what a good shed is. I think there was a bit of feedback coming through that, you know, there was always 
one thing that could have been done perhaps a bit better and not a broad design that was was 100% the best shed ever. And of course, you're not going to satisfy that with a range of opinions. But what I mean is, you know, there could be something with door heights or door widths or shoot widths or something small like that, uh, which prohibits the functionality and, you know, could be in the wall room as well. So not so much an overall design, but functionality features and things like that that could be addressed and just some information out there for wool growers that we're going into that space of either retrofitting a shed, uh, an old shed or building a new one that, that, that they could refer to. And, you know, I guess it's just another way of putting opinions out there that we pulled in through the project. So that was, I guess, the early aim of it. And the shed design project came out of that uh, from a proposal from Hilton Barrett, who also is from Dubbo. Um, he was going to build a new shed and thought a good opportunity for AWI to get involved. And so what we decided to do was get together a working group of shed staff and stakeholders from across the industry and, you know, work out what, what a few of those things that were going to contribute to a good shed. You know, we we did some prototypes and designs and things um, and Hilton was going to build based off this. So I guess that was the high level part of the project, Fiona. Um, and yeah, so it took about 18 months to do all of that. You said the project's wrapped up now and has been go- had been going for just under two years. Um, some of the focuses you must have looked at to address would have been OH&S and I'm assuming animal productivity and welfare. How did these come into looking at some of the outcomes you hope to achieve? Yeah, sure. So um, Peter Schuster, local at Dubbo as well, local consultant there, was also involved in the project and uh, very much the driving force of um, making sure we're recording and managing and getting that information to a criteria as we, so that we weren't just talking about, you know, what was good in one part because what is good in one part of the shed might affect another part. Um, there's compromises anywhere you go and overall we had a criteria. So simply it was uh, safety and welfare of sheep and people, efficiency and in the flow of people, sheep and wool. And then I guess the last part of that, which is most important for every wool grower, is uh, quality assurance of the product as well. So, yeah, safety, efficiency and quality, I guess, through sheep, people and wool, the components of the shed were the criteria. And, yeah, I guess there's balances to be made between uh, one and the other. But, yeah, that was the criteria we worked towards, Fiona, and uh, and it's held pretty well through the project. And I guess it did highlight, though, having that criteria that, you know, different opinions will compromise people's balance of those different things. So if you preference one thing, you might be compromising another and, um, you know, there's balance there somewhere and, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. And Henry, you just mentioned there that changes in one part of the shed really affects aspects of other parts of the shed. So I'm assuming it was really important to have a number of different collaborations and input from different parts of the shearing shed operation to come out with your outcomes. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Very important. Uh, in the working group, we had, you know, which did chop and change upon the availability of people, but it, the working group generally was important to have shed staff, uh, um, so people on the table, people, uh, rasabouts and the likes between it, and um, and then the shearers as well, and different skill sets in them. So we had 
you know, between them, countless, uh, you know, world records and world championships and competition winners and the likes, but also we didn't want to bias it to the people who are most efficient in it as well. So we also uh, had beginners come through and provide opinion on things as well. So that was useful. And, and not only that, we also had, had wool growers and also actually um, builders through the process as well, because I guess all opinions needed to be accounted for as to whether it uh, would work or not. And, you know, when these people got together and started workshopping in the prototypes, typing and design of the shed, um, you know, they really started feeding off each other. So it was good. And once you got all this feedback and worked out what adaptations were going to work in your pilot programs, what have you seen as have been the major changes to historic shearing shed design that have come out of the project? Sure. Um, look, there is, yeah, I guess one or two major ones which, uh, you know, are in other designs, but we really nailed down on um, in, in this design. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I like to think of it as a range of one percenters being, uh, you know, they're all they're all there. There's there's a range of one percenters in a shed, and you know, um, they're they're on display in this one. And then, but then the one big one, which which is in other designs, but from the middle of the catching pen, when you catch your sheep and drag backwards, you end up at your shearing station, ready to pick up the the handpiece. And then when you finish shearing, um, that shearing motion where you end up is right at the chute. So uh, when you let go of the sheep, the front legs will actually fall straight in. So that was sort of the the guts and the whole shed around it was built off that, uh, the curved board and where, where uh, the rest of it was. So that is the major thing. And I guess a byproduct of how we designed um, the catching pen and the uh, headboard for the shearing plant to be mounted to is it actually runs nearly parallel to the drag path, which is hard to explain on a podcast, but basically the down tube can be slid away from the chute parallel with the drag path. So as a shearer, uh, all shearers are different in their motion and the amount of space and room that they need to shear a sheep. But by having it parallel to their drag path angle, you could either move it to the chute to tighten up their movement if it was someone that uses less room or away from the chute if it was someone that uh, needs more room and moves the sheep more as they go through. And similarly, it's proved useful in the way that um, we'd seen when shearing in the morning, you might have had it in a location that when you were finished, the sheep were front feet were finishing in the chute, uh, which is which was the aim. But as they get tired through the day, perhaps movement became less. So you know, quite simply, we're able to just put the down tubes slightly closer on that drag path angle towards the chute, and then you know, after lunch, the front legs were falling in again, which just you know reduces the amount uh, of fatigue being caused by push you know that extra bit of effort getting the sheep to the chute. So yeah, to me they're the they're the two biggest things. But as I said, uh, there's lots of little one percenters out there, and um, you know we tried to capture a lot of those in this project. 
Henry, the two aspects you mentioned there, the individual adjustments to the overhead gear for shearers and that straight line action that prevents the twisting and turning in the shearer's body must mm. make their life a whole heap easier. How have these changes been accepted by workers in the shearing industry that have trialled the technology? Yeah, um, yeah. so it's been a, there's a few sheds built now and, you know, subjectively through feedback from the shed staff, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're feeling a lot better. And for that, I'm not sure if any of the listeners here overlap with AWI's podcast, The Yarn. I, I interviewed Stuart Lever from Louth, and he said the same thing when he, he's just built the shed. And he said the same thing about his shearers. At the end of the day, they weren't, um, you know, they weren't as fatigued as they thought they might have been on a typical drag. And as you, as you referred to, the twisting as you come around the corner, dragging a sheep to your shearing station. So it's it's understood that uh, long-term, you, you know, that's your knee, hip and uh, back injuries are coming, well, not coming from that alone, but I could be playing a part in that. Um, so, yeah, there's that and, you know, there's a few other sheds gone up. There's one that just finished a run down in Victoria and um, we got some feedback through uh, director that, you know, it had been a huge success and the shearing team was blown away with, with how well it went. So. Uh, we're receiving lots of good feedback and um, yeah and from those that I've seen personally in it as well they a lot of the injuries for shearers happen you know in the catching pen and um, if we can make that process as simple as possible which is dragging straight um, they seem to the feedback on that point's been been very strong so you know, that's a good result and, you know, we've got to take care of these guys. It's a pretty tough job and um, where we can, we should, I guess. Yeah, it's a really great result that such what seem to be quite simple changes as well have made such an extraordinary difference at the other end. And moving on a little bit now, in 2019, we saw the two field days at Dubbo to look at the pilot shed that had been built from the prototypes developed through the project. Can you tell us a bit about the field day and what was some of the feedback? Yeah, sure. So I'll just I'll just start with the prototypes and then talk about the the final shed, but which I hadn't mentioned them yet. We we mocked up a range of prototypes, um, working on that angle of the straight dragon where the shoot was, and we then did from one shoot which was cut in, we cut a hole in Hilton Barrett's old shed at Dubbo, and basically pretended that was the shoot and moved the uh, down shoot position and the catching pen around it, and then. You know, we got to where we liked and we thought it was pretty good. And then we built three stands um, just to mock up with a bit of timber on the ground and made sure it all worked and the wool handler could go. And that seemed to be well received by the working group. So then we we uh, got some engineers to draw up a full six stand plan, which Hilton Barrett at Dubbo um, built his own shed off, off the designs we'd pulled together. And then that led us to the open day. So yeah, in July, last year and, and I think the second one was in October due to popular demand basically. Um, we we opened up Hilton Shed at Dubbo so you know July was was a big day I think we had over 400 people come through uh, back when we can have events how good was that um, and yeah we had three of the six stands going and uh, people were free to walk around majority of the shed obviously uh we bought it off the main working areas and um yeah it was i think it was uh 
pretty well received. We had a video going uh, that explained the whole project and the process, which is online. And um, yeah, we had a few of the people that were involved in the working group as well. So we had them there as, uh, you know, people for, for, for people to talk to and ask questions and things, um, along with myself and Hilton and Peter Schuster who are involved in the project. So yeah, that was a busy day and I'd love to think we could have another event where 400 people could turn up. Hopefully not too far away. Henry, always up for debate is flat versus raised board. How was the board constructed at Dubbo and can both boards be used within the prototype? Yeah, sure. Well, I guess before I started this project, uh, you know, I would have just uh, not asked any questions and, and build a board, a shed with a raised board. Um, this design is, well, the shed at Dubbo is built off a, with a flat board. Uh, there's no reason why it couldn't be a raised board, but um, through this project, I, I came to learn that uh, there is a difference in opinions on that. And not also between shearers and, and wool handlers and uh, it varies very much so. Um, some wool handlers will prefer a raised board and some will prefer a flat board and uh, same for shearers. But yeah, I guess that goes back to my point about the criteria and, and them as working in the shed where they're weighing um, weighing in on with their, with their preferences and experiences in the past are obviously going to impact upon that. So I think it was important to open up the discussion and just start a conversation about that more so the one being better than the other. I think uh, it's important to know that people do have different opinions on on what is preferred, um, I guess is well, that's the answer there, Fiona. But, you know, you can get right into the pros and cons of each and uh, it basically comes up with, with how you balance uh, those and your experiences. So, for example, if you look at safety, uh, you can be on a raised board which obviously creates complications with with the uh, you know being being higher than the ground below. So shearers safety and the sheep's safety there. Um, you also have the wool handler who's working at the height of a uh, moving sheep and moving handpiece. Um, and if you have a rail along your raised board, you know that's another uh, object in the way for the wool handler to to work around. So there's those things as well. If you look at a wool handling point of view, uh, some wool handlers will really prefer from an efficiency and also a quality point of view uh, to work on a raised board because they can do the work, some of the work with the crutch and things on the table, on the board in front of them, um, where some actually prefer doing that on the ground because on a flat board because they have full access to be able to move around the shearer and then but there is just different opinions and depending on, on those, you, you're going to run uh, land somewhere else. But um, yeah, no, it was, it's an interesting topic, that one. And I, I don't know whether there's a right or a wrong. I think it's all up for debate. Yeah, personal preference at the end of the day. Henry, one of the major drawbacks to industry at the moment is the physical strain shearers, um, which is put on their bodies during the shearing process. Did the project look into this? Um, not not in a measurement point of view. We have a separate project at AWI, which uh, some of the work was done in this shed, um, but not on a sample size that would be able to compare it against uh, another design, but um, subjectively only so far. We don't have any results from that yet, Fiona, but I, the, 
project I refer to is a motion capture project, which I think we're going to talk about. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Could you give us a bit more insight into what the project involves? So basically on, on the shearer that we placed um, with the University of Melbourne, we'd partnered with researchers there and basically putting motion uh, recording sensors on a shearer as well as um, muscle fatigue sensors. So the aim of that was to be able to tell what movement they were doing and how much fatigue it was causing through the shearing process to um, to the shearer's muscles. So uh, as I said, we did a bit of that in the shed at Dubbo and a week at a shed in Wellington. And then two sessions, two full weeks with different shearers down in uh, Victoria and the southeast of South Australia with some teams down there. So uh, quite a lot of data was collected in the end and um, that's just been finished, being analysed by, by the team at the University of Melbourne and there is a story coming up in AWI's Beyond the Bale magazine, which is uh, available online or in hard copy if you've signed up for it. But, um, yeah, I guess the purpose of that is, you know, understanding um, what they're doing so that we can so that we can learn from that to either um, manage it with an apparatus or manage it through technique or muscle development and stretching and uh, things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a, quite a good project uh, and interesting as well. It's, it's quite funny to watch this um, mocked up, you know, mocked up muscle person moving while the shearing is happening on the right hand, you know, happening in front of you. You can see on the screen these, uh, the motion of them in just a muscle sense. It's quite, you know, it's quite a, quite an interesting project. Mm, extraordinary technology. It'll be interesting to watch what comes out of that project um, for the remainder of this year and into next year. Another project that you spoke about to me earlier that's being finalised at the moment is the Shearing Shed Safety Assessment Project. Um, and it's releasing its assessment documents in the coming months. Can you tell us what we can expect from that? Yes, yeah, sure. So yeah, I just this morning sent back uh, a final draft to be to be amended before we look to start releasing that. There's a couple more documents that we need to add to it yet, but but quite simply, it's a it's a checklist um, for shearers, uh, shearers, shed staff. Um, contractors but but wool growers to go through on property to to assess their, their sheds um, safety and and the likes in so it goes right through that through the facilities and the likes so we partnered up with uh, WA Shearing Industry Association so the uh, contractor representative body in Western Australia and CGU Insurance has also come on board with this project and uh, yeah basically it'll allow you to so you'll you'll go to the checklist and it'll outline a a design feature or or a feature in the shed and what it is and whether it's best practice or you know there is things that have to comply with OHS and uh, legal requirements and the likes in shed design but it'll ask you whether it does and then if not it'll on the right hand side of the table there'll be a list of actions that can be made to you know to bringing compliance and best practice. So the aim of the shed is, you know, we all know there's plenty of sheds across Australia which um, can be improved and it's all about making those working conditions 
safer and more comfortable for uh, for our shed staff. So, you know, through that, we're hoping to, you know, get some increased entry into the industry, uh, longevity of those careers and, um, yeah, retaining people in the industry as well. So, yeah, it's quite, ex quite exciting that we're going to launch that over in WA uh, as a start, but it'll all be online um, on our AWI website soon enough and anyone can jump on there and grab that. Great. Thanks, Henry. And Henry, you're going to be joining me later next month for a Sheep Connect New South Wales webinar to explore further design options in more detail, which is pretty hard to do over a podcast. So that's really exciting that we will be able to look at that graphically um, later next month. In the meantime, if people have any further information, where do you suggest they go? Sure. So now wool.com forward slash shed design uh, is where we've we've got all this. Uh, so it's got the video explaining the shed design project that we did. Um, it's got also a couple case studies on there. Um, so one about the shed at Dubbo as a new shearing shed and then two other retrofitted sheds. And then there's, uh, you know, from all that uh, working group, we also pulled together, you know, if you had to get those top things done in a shed, in a retrofit, just to um, bring it up to speed a bit. Um, so we've got, you know, a list of top few fit-out considerations there if, if people wanted to look into those. Um, and that's where we'll put up this shed assessment and uh, all, well, basically everything shearing. There's also on AWI, we've got some shed signage kits. So people can go on there and grab those and get them sent out as well. So there's plenty on there. Excellent. Thanks, Henry, for the information you've shared with our listeners and for joining me on It's Time For You. No, thanks, Fiona, and I look forward to, uh, to the webinar later in the year and um, hope we can use some diagrams for those hard-to-explain things. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.